Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, and today, doing a little bit something different. I was on the Clutch Talk podcast. It was a good time, and we talked opening night, a game preview of the Los Angeles Lakers playing your Golden State Warriors. So I'm going to drop that right here and definitely give those dudes a listen. They're good guys, and they're definitely, definitely knowledgeable, energetic Hoops fans in general. So again, Clutch Talk Podcasts. Look them up on Twitter, Clutch Talk Pod. All right, here we go. Enjoy. I want to be the best. I want to be the best. I want to play. That's why I play the game. To be the best, you have to win. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Clutch Talk podcast slash YouTube slash We Do It All. As always, I am your host, John. Very happy to be here. My boy, Jay Hills over there in the six. How you doing, baby? I'm doing great, man. Bas- basketball season here. Warrior basketball is back. NBA basketball is back. And we got a great guest on to talk about it. So my, ba- my guy, Patrick, from the Oakland Warriors podcast, want to introduce yourself, Patrick. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, I'm, I'm Patrick. I'm the host of the Oakland Warriors podcast, a podcast about all things Golden State Warriors. Um, been a fan since the 80s. That's right. Um, and, um, you know, thick and thin and looking forward to seeing how this season goes. I think it's going to be one of the most interesting seasons in uh, Warriors history, to be honest. Yeah, this is definitely going to be a very interesting season for the Warriors, man. A lot, a lot, a lot hanging on the line, man. But, uh, but yeah, so today, guys, what like how Jake Hill said, NBA season is here upon us. So what we're going to do just today, we're just going to talk about the opening night game, which is the Lakers versus the Warriors. So very excited about that. Guys, I really don't have no uh, structure how you, how you want to do this. Like Patrick and Jake Hill, if y'all want to like, bounce around, bounce off ideas. Let's do it. I got some questions here. So like we, we could go off that, start it, but um, let's, let's start, let's start like this. Let's, let's give our predictions and then let's, and then let's talk about why. So Jay, how are you feeling about this game tomorrow with the Lakers and Warriors? Who are you feeling comes out, comes out with a dub? You know, it's interesting. Uh, it, it's very interesting because number one, it was hard to really tell what the Lakers chemistry was like. Obviously they're 0 and 6. I don't put too much weight into the preseason, but when, I know the two times they did, they did play the Warriors, the sec the latter being when they had Westbrook 360 as they call it, Westbrook, uh, AD and LeBron all together. I really they really looked like they lacked that continuity on the court. Um, and obviously it was one of the first times that they've all played together, but it kind of I'm kind of hesitant and I have to see first what they can do, all three of them together in a regular season action game. But on the Warriors side of things, man, I loved how they're looking in preseason, the way the ball was moving, the way that Otto Porter and uh, Nemanja Bialisa just fit right into the system. Um, the amount of threes uh, and the amount of fun. The, obviously, the emergence of Jordan Poole uh, is great. And if he can continue that into the regular season, I think that can do just wonders for this Warriors, his confidence and having that, you know, that Robin to, to, to Batman, you know, Steph, he's going to do what he does, but to have that second option, but I'm feeling, I'm feeling optimistic, not only just, not just a Homer take, but I think the Warriors can really take advantage of, of the war, the Lakers, you know, feeling things out and they have more guys on their side 
and a lot of returning pieces where the, the Lakers have a lot of new got new faces and spaces that they have to, you know, figure out. So that's why I'm going with the, with the Warriors in this one tomorrow uh, for a lot of reasons. But like I mentioned, um, those mainly concern me. Just figuring things out is going to be something I'm, that I'm going to watch. Okay. And what about you, Patrick? What, what are some things that, uh, that, that you're seeing here for these games coming up? And what's your predictions for the game tomorrow? I, I hear what you're saying. And I actually think that the Warriors will eke this one out largely because, I mean, the preseason is just the preseason, like we all know, right? And so when the Warriors – the thing is about the Warriors, they added a lot of just like complimentary dudes – dudes who like know the roles and so they have a lot of new guys too just like the lakers right but they seem to click a little bit more because bielitsa he knows what he has to do auto porter jr doesn't try to do too much right now it seems like the lakers are trying to fit all these pieces and it hasn't looked good but i think the lakers could win if ad ad is the key to this season for them obviously and you know beyond like the chemistry issues and rust whatever if ad goes down the, the ship goes down for the Lakers. But I think that if he goes for like 30, 35, if he just dominates the Warriors in the paint, because the Warriors are, you know, uh, that's one of my big concerns is their interior defense and the rebounding. So if he just shows up and does what he does, then uh, I think the Lakers could, uh, could definitely take this first game. Okay. All right. So uh, uh, I'm going to side with, I'm going to side with Jay Hill on this one, man, because I, I think, you know, I'm a Lakers fan and I've seen the Lakers time and time and time again, drop the first game in that, in that bubble, in that bubble series, every single play in that bubble uh, playoff, every single series, the Lakers drop the first game. That's what the Lakers are notoriously known for doing, man, dropping these first games. And also like how Jay Hill said, man, like uh, I don't put, I put me personally, I put little to almost no, um, like wait on to on, on the preseason, but what I do what I do put weight on is continuity playing together, and it didn't look like that they were ready they were they were playing together, but that's not something that concerns me yet. I mean, it's the beginning of the season. Le, Le, LeBron and Russell Westbrook came out and said we're not really worried. We have a whole year to figure uh, to to figure this out. We don't have to have everything figured out right now. And as a fan, you can't realistically expect them for LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook, two powerful players like that, to have it figured out. Before the first game of the season, man, it, it's it's uh it's very hard to be able to expect that. So my prediction is is that I think that the Lakers are gonna take an L on this one, man. But I want to talk to you guys about the starting lineups. So Patrick, I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to you first on this one. What do you think, in your opinion, would be the best starting lineup that you'd want to see the Warriors go out there with? And then if you if you know a little bit about the Lakers, feel free to talk 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 about that. But I know you're a Warriors specialty. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the line of the words been rolling out in preseason is pretty solid. I mean, it's been known that Kevon Looney is going to be their starting center. Even if Wiseman were healthy, then, you know, they were going to go with a guy towards the end of last season that put them on the run, got them into the playing round. Um, and I think Jordan Poole, you know, like there was some, some talk that if they had kept Avery Bradley, maybe they would have started him and kept Poole coming off the bench as that six man. But, you know, like all last season, they didn't have anybody that could score on their own. You know, like Wiggins, for all his talents, we all know that that's not who that dude is. So when you got Steph out there and he's just dancing, he's getting boxed in one, uh, 
you know, you just want somebody else. And Jordan Poole to me is like found money because everybody saw him end of last year and it was like, oh, wow, yeah, he's actually turned out to be pretty, pretty decent. But he's actually taken even a bigger leap. And I think that this kind of is a bit of a game changer, no matter where they, no matter where people have predicted the Warriors, I think Jordan Poole could actually bump them up maybe a spot in the Western Conference just because, you know, it's going to be, because it's always like a couple games between like, you know, four or five, whatever. And Jordan Poole, he could be that that difference maker for sure, especially since the dude is hella young, hella cheap. You know what I mean? Like, I, I didn't want yeah. Bradley Beal before. I definitely don't want him now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, when you have an emerging star like Jay Poole, man, it's, it, it's hard to, uh, mm-hmm. to, to want to give that away, man. But Jay Hill, let me uh, let me highlight you. What's a, what's the starting lineup that you would like to see out there, uh, or do you disagree? Are you do you agree with Patrick that you want to roll out the starting lineup that you see? No, right there with Patrick, the lineup they've been rolling out in, in the preseason is is the lineup they're going to go with. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Patrick, as well. They could have had. I would have loved seeing Jordan Poole with that second unit coming on as that six man. But I think just having that yin and yang of if Steph's getting triple, quadruple teamed, having that second option, that playmaker, that creator. Uh, and bold prediction here. And John knows last night I, I got Steph with my second pick in the fantasy draft, as well as I went up maybe you could say 10 picks to get Jordan Poole as well. I had to have that backcourt on my team, but, uh, but I mean, I, I, I'm predicting the over on 20 points per game from Jordan Poole. That's, that's, what, that's how I'm feeling. Uh, optimistically, maybe you could call it that, but just the confidence and the way he's playing and flowing in that offense is something I, I, have, to, I have to see continuing going into the regular season. Because that, in his third year, that's something that you don't see a lot. And he's got the total confidence of Steve Kerr as well. And having a coach on your side like that as a player, it's, it's what you dream of. So I see that continuing on. And I, I'm, uh, yeah, just the same starting lineup for the Warriors. Patrick. Okay. All right, for sure. And then, and then as far as uh, uh, me on the, on the, I mean, I'll just keep going with, with the Warriors. I think that you, you guys should switch it up a bit. I think that you guys should continue to, of course, run Curry at the one, like how you guys said, run pull up two, get that little yang and yang going on. But here's where I have a switch. I think that you guys actually should start auto Porter junior over Wiggins. Now here's why the reason, the reason why I think that is because, Let's look at the Warriors bench. It's really not too great. After the start, after the starters, the, especially with Wiseman being out, uh, Andre Iguodala being more of a, a coach than a player this year, um, with Clay, you know, we, we know Clay's not coming back until till later. That I would really, really want to see a lead guy, a guy that could lead the pack on uh, a guy that can lead the pack on his own. And I really think that that could be Wiggins, man. Because I mean, if you got if you got Wiggins, pull. And uh, you got Wiggins, Poole, and Curry out there. I mean, Curry going Curry to get the ball. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're not going to give the ball to Andrew Wiggins to take it away from Stephen Curry. Now, Otto Porter, he could he could feed Curry. He could find Curry. And I just I just really want to see someone lead that 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 second unit. But Patrick, what's up? Talk to me. You you, you don't think that uh, you want Wiggins? You don't think you want Wiggins off the bench? Nah, because they did that last year. They tried him out as like the main guy, their scorer in the second unit. And it, it didn't go well. Like I remember doing episodes after games and saying like, wow, he just looks like some, some dude out there. He looks like a, he's just a role player when he's supposed to be leading this offense. 
you never really saw Maple Jordan last season. For some reason, for all this athleticism, the dude just goes kind of, he just lays it up a lot. And that's fine if he gets the deuce. But like a lot of times it's like, where's the, where's the authority? Where's the force? You know what I mean? He dunked in a preseason game. And I think it was after he got vaxxed. And so I was like, oh, he must be pissed. <laughs> so, um, and, you know, to be honest, like Steve Kerr's rotations, he always keeps like a score in that second unit from the starting lineup. It used to be Clay, And now it's going to be Jordan Poole. And it might also be Wiggins, too. So there's always going to be somebody uh, there, I think, you know. And I think Otto Porter Jr., like, ah, man, I just – as good as he looked, you know, the ball hits his hands and it goes in the bus, but in the bucket. But like his injury history, man, like I, I don't know how many minutes you want to give him. And I don't know if you want him like if he played in the starting lineup against the Lakers, he'd be guarding LeBron. I don't want him to break. You know, what I, mean? like, man, I do have some concerns about that. And Wiggins, you know, he always plays a little bit, a little bit better against LeBron because he got traded, you know. Yeah, that classic LeBron trade, man. Yeah. Okay, all right. So and then and then as as far as the Lakers, what I think, in my opinion, would be the best lineup that the Lakers roll out there would be Russ at the one, Malik Monk at the two, Wayne Ellington, Wayne Ellington at the three, LeBron at the four, and AD at the five. Uh, current, that, that's not the current lineup that the, that they have on their depth chart. They currently have Westbrook at the one, Wayne Wayne Ellington at the two, Kent Bazemore at the three, LeBron at the four, AD at the five. But I really did. I really want to see Malik Monk in there. I, I really like Malik Monk when he was on when he was on the Hornets, and especially because him next to next to Russ will be a big, big, big help, man. But I have a question for both of you two because today, you know, I'm, I'm I was on my computer looking up some Warriors numbers, some Lakers numbers, and then I get a notification that the Warriors waived Avery Bradley. Patrick, you talked about that a bit. What happened? Like, what's up? Like, I thought that was a great pickup for you guys, man. I was like. He is the replacement of Clay. Like he helps, he helps uh, Curry on defense, right? Like we we know Curry isn't a great defender. So when there's when he there's a great defender, he has to guard. Clay stepped up. Clay always guarded him. And I thought Avery Bradley was going to step up, step into that position. But talk to me how you guys feel about Avery Bradley in that wave. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know when they picked up Avery Bradley, well, I'm a Gary Payton the second fan, so I was like pulling for him uh, after the the summer. And, you know, he's a 28-year-old journeyman. His offense has never been good. He's 6'2", not a point guard. So, like, his spot is just going to be a defensive ace, and that's what they need. So when they picked up Avery Bradley, I was like, okay, well, you know what? Whoever competes and wins, I'm cool with that, you know? And then it's like, oh, they kept nobody, you know, because, because I guess they wanted to save some money on the fringes and it's not my money. So I was like, spend that money, you know, to do that 15th uh, roster spot. Bradley didn't look good during the preseason. He kept missing his shots. He wasn't a good three point shooter. I mean, it's crazy to me how that IT uh, AB backcourt man is just like disintegrated, you know? Um, but with, with Bradley, it's like he just didn't look great. And I figured, like, hey, the the vets, Steph, Draymond, they had quotes where they seem to want have wanted him on the team. And I'm like, make those dudes happy because you just need a dude who will be that point of attack guard. I mean, like perimeter defense is another place where I worry a lot about the Warriors. They got a lot of dudes, but a lot of them are just not defensive 
aces. Iguodala is like 38 years old, 37. You know, even a few years ago, you could probably do it a little bit, but not now. So who are you going to throw out against, I don't know, LaMelo Ball, Trey Young, De'Aaron Fox, Dane Lillard, you know? And right now they don't have anyone. I think the thought, it seems like in the ether, is that they're going to try to bring back Gary Payton the second somehow because the contracts, like if they had kept him, he would have been guaranteed. And if they cut him and then sign him again, it's not guaranteed. So it's, it's just money on the fringes. And it's a bit of a gamble, in my opinion. But Avery Bradley, like he had his chance. And I think like I would have been OK with him because he's a vet, right? He's a vet. He knows how to play. Like he could get in there in the 16 games in the playoffs. You need to win and help out. So I just think they needed somebody and they didn't go with anybody. So hopefully uh, Moses Moody gets better foot speed and uses his 6'11 uh, wingspan to play some defense once he <laughs> yeah. gets in there. Yeah, man. Well, we got a lot uh, riding on Moses Moody, man. But Jay, <laughs> what, what, what about you, Jay? Do you, are you in agreement with Pat about how you feel about Avery Bradley or what's up? Yeah. I mean, I'm right there with him. You got to make what Steph and Dre want. You got to make them happy. Avery Bradley's, despite having struggling in the preseason, uh, he had a better showing against the Lakers. You know, he was playing with some desperate, honestly, got a steal, you know, pickpocketed, I think, believe Malik Monk or Austin, I think it was Austin sorry, Reeves. Austin Reeves, sorry, Austin Reeves, uh, and lobbed it to Jordan Bell for, for that dunk. That was a highlight play. But I mean, he, you could tell he was locked in and and he was ready to earn that spot. And unfortunately, he didn't get that last look against uh, against Portland. So I, I guess they had already made up their mind. Uh, Gary Payton was struggling injury with injuries and was, you know, wasn't able to suit up either. Uh, but I feel I feel like one of the two I was more on the leaning towards GP2, GP the second, like you, Patrick, just because he has that history with the Warriors. And I, we saw those flashes, especially in the Lakers game. He, he played very well as um as well um you know having those dunks locked in defensively and spark plug off the bench um the defense shooting deficiencies is is a worry with gp uh the second avery bradley's supposed to be a shooter but he struggled as well in in the preseason but i feel like if you can keep a guy like avery bradley you, you keep him especially with your stars um you know seconding that notion but I guess if you're going to save the money, save the money for the re- for later in the season and get the right guy uh, is, is, is what what they got to do now uh, if they're going to save that money. And they got to be aggressive towards if we're contending later on towards the deadline, they got to be aggressive if they're going to save that money. Uh, but if they're not, then, you know, keep it and do something with it. Uh, man, I agree, Jay. Like, honestly, unless if you're going to let every Bradley walk, if you're going to let a player, like how Pat said, that really fits what you need right now walk, you got you to gotta make sure you got a plan and be very, very aggressive. So, man, I mean, as a Lakers fan, I'll take it. Thanks, guys, because the Lakers signed him, so I'll take it. I'll take him again. <laughs> but but anyway, they signed him? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he they signed, signed, him, signed him to the, the Lakers yeah. oh, man, as a free agent, so I'll take it. taking that nap. Yeah, <laughs> NFL fans, hungry for a big win this week? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. 
It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available yet in your state, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Let's let's keep moving forward, guys, and let's talk about the the, the keys of the game. I'll I'll go ahead and kick it off here. I'll talk about uh, talk about the Lakers, man. And number the number one thing that I not think I know the Lakers need to do, man, is is really dominate the glass, man. You know, uh, you were talking earlier, Pat, about how you're talking about how the Warriors don't really have like any solid, reliable big. Kevon Looney's cool, but he's not going to touch it. You know, he's not going to be touching the AD. He's not going to be touching the other bit, the other bigs of the league. Right. And I think that the, the Lakers really have a chance with, to be able to dominate the glass, get a lot of easy second chance points. We know, we, we know how LeBron AD love, love to get the rebound and throw it on a fast break, easy transition bucket, man, that, that'll be huge. And I also think that the Lakers need to take advantage of the, the that unreliable front court, man. I mean, I like Draymond Green. He's great, but Draymond Green, I don't know if Draymond Green is going to be able to do it all on his own. Draymond Green versus a, a, a AD, I'll take it. Now you got a Kevin Kevon Looney versus a AD, or you know, even if you t- look at the Lakers' uh, uh, other players, you know, the, the role players in Dwight and uh, and DeAndre Jordan, and honestly, even LeBron, even LeBron, I think a lot a lot of those guys would be a lot uh, for 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 Kevon Looney, not not for Draymond. I'm not throwing any disrespect on his name. I know that's a defensive player of the year, but. I just I do worry about that, man. So I think the Lakers need to take advantage of that, hit the offensive glass and get a lot of easy buckets. And the and the number two thing, guys, they cannot play ISO ball, man. Now we got Russell Westbrook on the team. We ha- cannot run to this. Um, I don't know if you guys remember two years ago when the Lakers played the Rockets in the bubble and the Lakers were just letting Russell Westbrook pull up and shoot. He's playing this little ISO ball. And it, it scares me. It scares me because I don't want to see it. I really don't want to see it on the Lakers, man. So that's definitely a, a key to the game, man. But Jay, you want to, you want to start kicking off your key to the game for the Warriors? Yeah. Uh, well, the first being no live ball turnovers. I think if you have, if the Warriors are you know playing and they're in their system, they're feeling nice, but they, you know, Steph, he likes to make his, behind the back passes he likes to you know be fancy with it if they continue to we saw that even in the playing game that was their downfall in that third quarter they had so many live ball turnovers which led to the Lakers getting into their flow of things uh, and scoring and capitalizing off those turnovers so number one that would be cutting down on live ball turnovers if you're going to turn over Steph throw it out of bounds Draymond pass it out of bounds we're fine because we can set up the defense on the other end uh, number two, one of my keys I had is push the pace. The Lakers are old. AD can't run with you. LeBron's 36. He's not going to be able to run with you. Uh, they got Melo on the floor. They got DeAndre Jordan. They got, they got the retirement home. Like, let's be real. You got you to gotta push the tempo on these guys. Steph likes to play in the transition. transition. Jordan Poole loves to attack the rim. Dr- Draymond Green 
is one of the best to do it in the league, in the open floor, finding these guys, creating these opportunities. And then Kevon Looney, Kevon Looney, just get those spot minutes and try to keep up the pace, set those screens uh, and continue just to push the pace. That's the key. Uh, it's going to lead to a lot of opportunities if they can get stops. Uh, and then number three is kind of a funny one is force Russell Westbrook to beat you. If he goes off for 30 and you're holding AD down, forcing him to take, live on the perimeter, take his mid-range shots where he settles and don't let AD get that confidence. If, he, if we let AD get inside, sorry, excuse me, the Warriors, let him get inside and dominate the game uh, like Patrick spoke on earlier, the Warriors, are, they're going to be tough to beat. And then you, you obviously live with – LeBron's going to do what he does. Uh, at the end of the day, you, you try to slow him down with Wiggins – who did an okay job of, do, of that again in the play-in game as well. So those are my three keys that I'm, that I'm highlighting. Uh, Patrick, I don't know if you got any more to add. Yeah, I agree with a lot of those. I think for me, uh, just off the top of my head, I think what I saw from the Warriors in the preseason was their passing was really, really crisp. They had some good team chemistry. And so along those lines, like keeping the ball moving, you know, keeping uh, – pushing the pace, like you said – and also just like limiting turnovers like that's simply it right like Steve Kerr turnovers kill him and we all know that like that's usually who wins the game is who wins the turnover battle so I think that and they've been relying a lot on threes in the preseason so (laughs) they they gotta hit them you know what I mean at this point they gotta hit them and see if uh if if that'll be enough I think I think with the Lakers, I definitely, definitely think you should make Russ beat you, right? Like I said earlier, if AD goes for 30, 35, then the Lakers actually have a chance of a uh, better chance of winning. I still think the Warriors are gonna win. But if Russ is out there and if he gets 30, you know he's getting it on 35 shots. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And and that's great. And then all of a sudden that that's when the meltdown starts, right? Now <laughs> that's when they start trading everybody, right? <laughs> so uh, yeah okay all right all right what's up jay go ahead yeah and one one more thing to add to patrick's point uh on the threes i noticed a lot when they played the lakers the second time uh well just throughout the preseason it was it would seem like steve Kerr had a strong emphasis on back cuts i don't know every single one if the defense overplayed they're looking specifically for the back cut and we saw, you know, Jordan Poole with that fancy reverse finish against uh, LeBron that everyone's talking about. But that was one specific example. A lot of times they were emphasizing getting those easy buckets on that back cut if they're overplaying because they know defensively they're looking for you to take threes. So just get to the rim, get easy buckets. That's that great coach is Steve Kerr, man. Steve Kerr is a great coach for real, man. But all right. So, as, as you know, as far I, I had to get the opinion from the two Warriors professionals, you know, but from, from, from what I from what I think, man, like and I know this is going to sound like cheesy or whatever, but I genuinely think that for the Warriors to be able to, you know, really win and have a great, great game, Curry has to have a great offensive game. Right. Pa- Patrick, earlier you were talking about Curry is really the only like offensive player that's got it like that like that you know uh we talked about Andrew Wiggins you know uh you mentioned that you saw him try to be that guy and you were just like man like what like like what is this you know so I I definitely think that Curry can have one of those games where you know it's just a mediocre I think he has to have a great offensive game man because I mean 
he's 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 gonna get honed down on he's the he's the only guy to be real I like Jordan Poole I like Jordan Poole a lot but I just don't know if um if the if Jordan Poole is gonna be able to do it enough you know that you know what I'm talking about I don't like if Curry has a bad game I don't know if Jordan Poole can carry the load that's what I'm saying you feel what I'm saying so I think that is crucial what's up Pat no how so how many points do you think Steph needs to get I think oh I think I think as long as Steph gets like 25 and up I think if he is 25 and up, we're in a, we're in a, they're in a great position. I think that they're in a great position because he carries so much of that scoring load. So if he's missing, right, like earlier you talked about Patrick, like they're shooting, they're relying a lot on the threes. If he's missing, then I mean, not, not just Curry, that's anybody, but I mean, I just think that he needs to carry a lot of the, a lot of the offensive load, man. But, but yeah, all right. All right. So then let's, let's keep it pushing, man. And let's talk about some of the key players. Jay, you want to, uh, you want to, I mean, of course we know Curry, but who are some of your key players that you got uh, coming into this game for the Warriors? Uh, I'd look to, you know, like I said earlier, it's it's Jordan Poole time. Uh, for him to just put the league on notice, put the world on notice, whatever you want to call it, uh, I think it's time for to shine. Specifically, and to, to go on your point of saying Steph has to go off, you know, one of the things I love about Steph, and Patrick can probably attest to this too, in the beginning of the games, it's like he's feeling out the game. He's feeling it, and he's trying to get his other teammates involved and get them going because he he always knows. I mean, he's the human torch. He knows he can get going at any time, and we saw that against uh, Portland, his 41-point outburst, albeit in a preseason game. But he knows that he can get going at any time, and when he gets others involved, including Jordan Poole, and Andrew Wiggins, who I hope he simplifies, just simplifies the game, keeps it simple, you know, takes his one, two dribbles, gets to the rim. But if they can keep it simple and get, you know, obviously Steph's going to do what he does. Poole gets it going early and starts filling the game. And then if Draymond takes eight shots, all I need is eight shots from Draymond. We know what he's going to do from a facilitating standpoint. But if he can take eight shots and make maybe three, two or three of those, you know, I think they're, the Warriors are in a good position. And that's the key. The key players will be Steph, uh, Jordan Poole. And if Draymond can facilitate defensively, we know he's going to be locked in. Uh, and if he can keep the other guys into it as well, I think that's going to be the keys for the Warriors offensively uh, tomorrow night. Okay. What's up, Pat? What do you, who do you think are some of the key players here for the Warriors tomorrow? Yeah, I mean, like, uh, I'll pick one. I'll go with Andrew Wiggins. Um, and because, like, I feel like Steph will get his. I feel like Poole will hopefully get his. Hopefully he doesn't, like, you know, go for, like, one for 20. Um, but I feel like they'll get theirs, and I think they need that third guy to give them at least 15, 17, 18 points. And that needs to be Wiggins. And also because of his defensive presence – you know, like he's not going to stop LeBron, obviously, but like he'll slow him down, hopefully a little bit. And also like he is their most right now, their most athletic perimeter defender. He's not going to take, you know, uh, uh, Russ, although he might No, nah, that's going to be pool. But like he needs to be in the game and he needs to be able to be a net positive for them because uh, I agree, like the other dudes are super important, but like, if you go with like the percentages, okay, they'll probably give you what 
uh, you're asking, right? Like Draymond will play hard. He may not take eight shots though. <laughs> um, and Steph will we'll get his same with pool, but will Wiggins contribute the way that he needs to, because he actually, he actually has with pool's presence, like a lesser role, right? Like he's no longer the second scoring guy. He's the third. And when clay comes back, he might, you know, if they run a lineup with all those dudes, he'll be the fourth. And so if he's there, if he's engaged and he's giving you energy and he's not like, you know, shooting a terrible percentage, then we're getting mad about being vaxxed. Um, then, um, you know, I think, uh, I think that's pretty important. Okay. All right. All right. For sure. And uh, as far as, as far as for me, man, I think, I think the uh, key player is of course, you know, Anthony Davis, man. I know we We've talked about so much throughout this pod and how he is such a um, – he determines what happens on that team. You know, when he is the defensive anchor, that team is great on defense. We saw when, when he was on his, his defensive bag, the Lakers were the number one def, the, uh, defensive team. And then also, every single time down court, he's got a mismatch on Kevon Looney. Kevon Looney cannot guard him, so he needs to absolutely abuse that. You know, we, uh, we talked a little bit about the Lakers need to take, uh, take advantage of that, of that front court. AD controls all of that. If AD doesn't take take advantage of Kevon Looney, I don't think that the Lakers are are are, are going to be as offensively uh, uh, threatening as they as they should be on defense. I know that for a fact, man. If AD doesn't get it going on defense, it just it just simply uh, will not go, man. But I just wanted to talk about J- Jordan Poole real quick, man, because guys, I got I got to tell you guys this, guys. So as Warriors fans. I, I know you guys are intensely watching like all Jordan Poole and all the other rookies. So you guys are up on game, but let me tell you something for other fan bases. Nobody else knows about him yet. Like, like, like that. Nobody knows that he's like that. Cause he's like that. Right. And, and I'll tell you why, like me, I didn't know he was like that until Jay Hill was like, man, you gotta, you gotta look on Jordan Poole. You gotta look Jordan Poole. You gotta look Jordan Poole. And I'm, and I'm realizing he is really a boy. So I just, I, I gotta, I gotta put that out there, man, because I think that he's going to, he's going to, grow into one of those players in the league that's just a, a bucket getter, you know, one of those Spencer Dinwiddie type players who could just can't kind of get a bucket from anywhere on anywhere on the court, man. So I just, I, I just had to put that out there because I don't think the rest of the league is on watch is on alert, like how Warriors fans really are, really are on alert, man. But, um, but what about some sleeper players, you know, what about, what are some sleeper players that you're like, okay, like he might have a, he might have a big game. Jay Hill, you, you got yours ready already for the Warriors? I do. Okay. What's your sleeper? Damian Lee. Ooh. I feel like he is playing at a great level. Uh, three, two, about two years ago when they first brought him in, I said, oh, okay, this is clearly, it's Steph's brother-in-law. That's why they brought him in. I, this guy, he had no idea. It seemed like he was lost on the floor, had no idea where to be, uh, didn't, had no continuity with the offense. But now when he comes on the floor, it's just like a totally, a guy who's locked in defensively scrappy um i feel like this season he's going to be a 40 percent plus shooter and i mean if he can be that i think that that's going to be do numbers for their uh second unit uh and he's just that spark plug that x factor off the bench he knows what he's going to do uh, you know what you're going to get him from uh if you're steve kerr you have the utmost confidence of him if you're his teammate uh and I, he's just playing at such a high level continuing what he built on what he did last season into the preseason. I think he's going to continue that uh, tomorrow night and into the, this next upcoming regular season. So Damian Lee for me. Okay. What about you, Pat? 
I will go with Otto Porter Jr. I kind of want to go with both him and Bielitsa because they seem to serve like a very similar purpose in the preseason. First of all, like kind of stiff. And you're like hoping that they don't get injured. Like Porter Jr. was diving for loose balls. And I was like, why, man? Why don't don't do that? You're you're already on the team, you know? And uh, if either of them, because during the preseason, each of them were like at least hitting three threes a game. And if you get that out of those dudes, three to five, three to six threes, I mean, that's a lot. But if you just get like maybe 10 to 15 points from each of those guys, then, I mean, dude, who would have done that last year? You know what I mean? Like that's that, that's just – that's 10, 20 points that Steph doesn't have to get, you know, and that like they don't – they, it gives them a little bit more cushion uh, on the defensive end to like, okay, they scored. That doesn't mean that we're, you know, strapped for, for offense. So, you know, I, I, I put on those dudes to hopefully, hopefully show out on a national stage and prove that like they can still play. Man, Pat, when you said be elites, I was like, hell yeah. Cause that's, <laughs> that's my guy. I'm, I'm excited for him on the Warriors, man, because I think he's going to really plug and play on the Warriors. Like, he's he's just – he shoots. He's a big – he's just he, – he's, he's going to be great, man. So, I'm, I'm definitely excited about him. That was that was my sleeper pick. But for my sleeper pick for the Lakers, you know I got to go with Stay Mello, man. That's a seasoned vet. I know he's older, but Mello knows what he's doing out there, man. It's, we saw in Portland, we, we, they called him washed. They called him washed. He came on and provided tremendous help for the uh, – for Portland, man. So I think that Mello will uh will have a good a good sleeper game. But all right. So then, as we you know as we as we start to to, to wrap it up here, uh, I uh, one question that I want to ask you, Pat, is what are some signs of concern that 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 you have coming in to this game uh, as a Warriors? Fan? Well, in this game, I think just interior defense and rebounding in general, you know, like for, for the Lakers, I am not so concerned with the Warriors not having like that point of attack uh, defender in the backcourt so much, but just in terms of like guarding and playing Anthony Davis and just, you know, getting beat on the boards and everything like that. I mean, that's, that's my biggest concern because the thing about the Lakers, right? Like we joke, they're geriatric, they're old vets and whatever, but Hey, you know, like that's, that's my kind of X factor in the sense that, okay, they didn't look great in the preseason. We can just, you know, toss that aside, but when they need to, can they just kind of put it together and, and, you know, make a run at the end of the game of close game because they have that talent, they have that ability um and you know like I think on the defensive end especially because they got those dudes up front you know if they throw in like those <laughs> future hall of famer I mean like if they throw in uh Mellow Braun uh AD and Dwight Howard I mean I don't know if that's ever going to be a lineup that they trot out there but like I forgot about Dwight Howard I, I'm not a Dwight Howard fan but he definitely is a bruiser and he likes that, <laughs> he likes that, that. dude like is a He's a bully, man, and he mm. likes bullying people, you know? Yeah, Bielitsa and him got into it on, uh, <laughs> on the, last, the last time they played. But. Yeah, Bielitsa don't back down. No, nah, he don't. I love, that's dog. what I love about him. He's a dog. <laughs> he is yeah. a dog. All right. All right, for sure. Then. Jay, what about uh, what about you? Are you are you just siding with Patrick? Do you have any other uh, concerns about the Warriors? 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, turnovers, like I mentioned earlier, and then I know I, I'm not really too concerned offensively. I know they're going to score. I know they're going to get out there. They're going to run. They're going to put some points on the board because they have the offense and the personnel, in my opinion, to do so. But defensively is where I'm worried. Can they get stops? Uh, if it's a close game, are they going to be able to get that stops or down low interior defensively? Uh, that's a worry. And if they get the stop, are they going to be able to, to end it with a rebound? Are they going to give up second chance points? So that's that's my uh, primary concern going into tomorrow night. Okay. Okay. So, and for me, man, for the Lakers, you guys been saying it all episode, letting the Warriors, letting Russ win, try to win, man. Like that's my biggest concern, genuinely, that Russell Westbrook thinks he's going to go out there. He's going to be Russell Westbrook from from Thunder, from Rockets, from all these teams, from the Wizards. It's just not like that, Russell Westbrook. And I really want him to understand this coming into the game because I don't want I don't I don't want the the the, the whole ISO ball thing, man. I I really 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 don't want the ISO ball. I do. <laughs> you, I love, I give me you. the ISO ball, man. <laughs> Come on, Russ. We'd love to see it. <laughs> the uh, world is watching. You're on national stage, man. Exactly. Like, go for fifty. <laughs> <laughs> all right man all right so then so th- this is a good place for us to go ahead and uh, and uh, wrap it up here pat before before i get you out of here pat i gotta ask you a question so me and jay hill we, i mean we, we talk basketball really all day right and jay hill he's not a believer in my guy wiseman i'm a huge believer in my guy wiseman i'm a huge believer pat what are you are you believing in him is he the next big thing Ooh, I mean, uh, I think there's a difference between being the next big thing and being a believer. I'm a, I'm a huge believer in him. Uh, I, I believe in his flashes and his skills, what he's shown. We all know that he was thrown into an awful, awful situation at uh, beginning of last season. And it was one of those things where, you know, he looked good in that shortened training camp after he got back from uh, COVID isolation or quarantining. But then, like, it was like when the season started, the Warriors looked awful. They got blown out twice, right? And they had some new guys, so everyone was discombobulated. But then once uh, the vets started kind of getting their uh, legs under them and understanding how things were supposed to go with his team, that's where Wiseman didn't have that experience. And he just, you know, was all over the place. But, you know, I still believe in the dude um, a lot, you know, a lot. Just recently, like, uh, I've... I've come around and be like, oh yeah, I would trade him for so-and-so. But to me, to me, like, uh, as long as he comes back from that meniscus and meniscus injuries usually aren't bad. Uh, I don't know why Jaron Jackson Jr. was out for so long, but as long as he comes back from that with his athleticism and speed, I give, I'll give him a fair shake to, to prove what he can do. And plus, I honestly think like if the Warriors can keep shooting this way, I mean, that opens up a lot for him. You give him 10, 15 minutes, and then you put him in with Jordan Poole, then, you know, like, let, let's put him in a in the best position to see if he can succeed. And if he fails at that point, then you'll actually know something. So now they've given him that, right? So I believe in, in him right now. Man, that's my guy. Hey, Jay, hey, what's up? Go ahead, Jay. And let me, let me go on record and saying – you you had said he, he felt he was the next AD, and I said I was hold the horses on that. I'm not ready to say that, but do I believe in him? Absolutely. I think he showed flashes, like Patrick said last year, and I feel like he didn't really get his fair shake, uh, if you want to call that last season. Uh, I think 
curve really didn't give him the opportunities to see, you know, that get those experiential minutes uh, that you need as a rookie, that confidence. And then he, he, when he did see it towards the in, pre-injury, uh, then he got injured, obviously. And then we weren't able to see what would have been and uh, in, in his rookie campaign. So I'm excited to see him back on the floor. I believe in him. He needs to get his fair shake and his opportunity to kind of succeed with a new look, uh, new threats, uh, offense and opportunities with this new look uh, Warriors team. So, yeah, I believe in him. I'm a a wise man believer. Put that on record. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. All right. Well, I just, I I had to get, I had to get your, uh, your opinion on that, Pat, you know, very well-respected Warriors fan. So, so yeah, man. So, so Pat, man, we just want to thank you, man. We just want to thank you again for coming on here, talking some uh, some Warriors Lakers talk with us. We really, really appreciate it, man. Jay, do you got any last words for Pat and all the Warriors fans all over the world? Nah, no, Patrick, really appreciate it. And I've always been listening to your to your Oakland Warriors podcast, so I appreciate you uh, coming on the show. Big fan of the show, and uh, yeah, no, check out uh, I'll tell the fans check out his uh, Oakland Warriors podcast. Very good content. Short episodes, too, like 10, 15, usually minutes. The last one you put out was a little longer, though. Uh, the, the, tonight, the one you put out today was pretty long. Uh, yeah. it was a pre, the, the season preview. Yeah. So uh, but check them out. Great content. And Patrick, if you want to say anything to the fans, man. Yeah, yeah. No, it was this was fun. I mean, thanks for having me on. Um, and yeah, definitely check out my podcast. I started doing it again last year because I was like man in isolation I need to talk to somebody about basketball and so I just talked to nobody into a microphone and so I just started doing game recaps and so they're like these digestible 10-15 minute uh, episodes and then every week I try to do like a longer one it's like half hour hour something like that with uh, another basketball uh Warriors fan friend of mine or something so or another guest in general so you know just uh yeah thanks a lot for having me on the show fellas and um you know appreciate you yes sir Sir. man for all the fans make sure you guys check out all of Pat's work it's all going to be in the description down below and that's it man we out of here y'all clutch talk out and how'd you like that that was another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick Epino, E-P-I-N-O, or at Oakland Warriors. Check us out, oaklandwarriors.com, and be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society and is a part of the Basketball Podcast Network. That's it.